Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Saturday to everyone out there. And welcome to episode 345 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where we'll talk a little bit about the summer box office. Of course, we could argue that the summer box office has officially kicked off with last weekend's opening of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, as many people are making a lot of hay and a lot of speculation and a lot of conversation and videos about the 82% drop from Friday to Friday. And I'm here to try and, and, and keep things back in reality before people start to <laughs> celebrate all too much. Just uh, one quick reminder, and keep in mind, I am not a fan of the film. I... Uh, you know, eviscerated the film in my own review of it. The fact still remains the film made its money back and is continuing to make profit. So even though that's a large Friday drop, it is not the first time we've seen a major studio, major big budget film have an 82% drop on a Friday, let alone one that has seen a drop from the Disney MCU. So I think that some people are making a little bit too much of it personally, and uh, we'll go ahead and break those numbers down and talk about some of the other box office films set to come out. Of course, I'm most excited that in just a couple of weeks, we will have finally, finally after many years of waiting at this point, it's crazy that it's been years now for me, but finally we will have Top Gun Maverick, which I am so incredibly excited for. Numbers for that are looking pretty good. We also, of course, have Jurassic World Dominion, not as excited for that one, but the numbers are looking pretty good for that one as well. But before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button and light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, as it does mean a lot. Anyway, let's say hello to some people. we got Vincent Womack in the chat over on Odyssey and The R. Thank you very much for joining. we got Bryant Barth in the chat over on YouTube. He was here early. Hail to you. JKDX76 here as well. we got the Master of Gaming and he has also a question, which summer films are you anticipating less? Well, here's the thing. I don't think I've heard of a single one of those films. I saw that comment earlier, and I had never heard of any of those films. So I'm not looking forward to any of them, because I don't know what they are. Anyway, Derek McManus, what's going on? Vincent Womack also hanging out over on the YouTube side of things. Brian Barth then tagged to randomly ask, watch old Eddie Murphy movies. Man, what happened to him? Yes. Uh, he was he was king for a long time. And then I honestly think the biggest problem that he fell into was he became very mainstream, meaning he became very PG-13 in his comedy, and he made one too many Nutty Professor films. And I think he just kind of got stuck in that PG-13 comedy. When you think back to how... Was it one of his comedy specials called, like, Raw?, and you think back to the kind of comedy that used to be done. So I think that that probably has something to do with uh, with him and the films not being nearly as good. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, welcome to you, good sir. Thank you very much for being here. We got Orange Hat Reviews. Hail to you, Orange Hat. Thanks for being a member on the channel. Saying, hello, they do call to me. They bid me take my place among them in the halls of Valhalla, where the brave may live forever. Hail Odin. Thank you very much, Orange Hat. Hail to you as well. Bryant Barth tagged then to say, Netflix tells employees to quit if they don't like 
their offensive content, which really isn't all that surprising. That is pretty standard for a lot of these modern Hollywood companies where, hey, if you don't like it, leave. If you don't like it, make something else. If you don't like it, make your own. And then when people do, they complain or they try and shut it down. And then finally, when changes start to happen to the platforms or to the locations that were once owned by said crazy leftist, now all of a sudden it's, hey, you can't do that. Leave us alone. To which we respond, oh, you make your own. And good luck with that. You've seen a lot of, quote, you know, right-wing, free speech-oriented platforms pop up. And I honestly think that there's way too many of them. And I don't think that many of them are very good or viable. That being said, I think if something similar were to happen on the woke side of things, it just wouldn't end well. There's too much history and too much proof from history of this happening. Uh, One great example, of course, would be in radio, in talk radio, Air America. If you've never heard of the Air America saga, go ahead and look it up. But basically, Rush Limbaugh did uh, gangbusters on AM radio, revived it, basically became a radio king, whether people liked him or not. I remember when I was, you know, I took a, a course on intro to radio in college, and one could not argue that Rush Limbaugh's name was going to be brought up because it is a huge part of radio history. He's pretty much uh, someone who saved talk radio in so many different ways, but they tried to have a, a station all with, you know, leftist wokest who failed epically. It, it was a complete and utter failure. It, it bombed within no time. I don't even know exactly how long it ran on the air, but it was not very long at all. Not very long at all. We got Tina B empress of the universe in the chat. Hail to you. And I know that both her and Stephanie B are going to, uh, not uh, be here for very long. So thank y'all for being here as long as y'all can. Do appreciate it. There's Stephanie B. Uh, Gmonkey76, hail to you. Gmonkey, thanks for being here. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. We got Shorty Short. We got Laura. What's going on? She is the modern major general of the channel. Thank you very much. Father is offering up mass and confessions after that. God bless you, Father. God bless you, Father. However, for me, I feel like the confessions should be offered before mass. That's just my own thing. Confessions should be before mass, so that way people can be properly disposed to receive the Eucharist. What would be even better is 30 minutes before mass, mass, and then 30 minutes after. I think, personally. But I don't know. That's just me. (laughs) <laughs> Miss Minnesota hockey fan how, how, how about a hockey player What's going on Miss Minnesota hockey fan Thank you very much for being here Thank you for being a member on the channel You rock Luca what's going on good sir Former member says Hail uh, hail, y'all Hope you're having a great evening By the way Luca thank you very much for sending uh, Sending some books my way I appreciate that again so excited Summertime is almost here so very close, had our last day of the year as far as regular school is concerned yesterday, and uh, for anyone who was wondering why I wasn't on Friday Night Tights last night, I, I let the lads know, uh, so I don't know if they let anyone in the chat know, I, my guess is since the question was asked that probably, maybe maybe not, I don't know, but I had a work event 
uh, baccalaureate mass for the graduating seniors. And then this morning we had actual graduation. So uh, good group, good, good group, good kids. And it was uh, it was really cool to to see them graduate and obviously there's always the ones where you're like oh, i'm so surprised you made it and the others where you're like man i'm gonna be so sad to not have you uh you know in the halls anymore you know to talk to and just to say hi to right just kind kind people in general so shout out to the classes of 2022 across the across the country and, and most especially uh the ones near me um but anyway that is the reason why i was not on friday night tights I had a work event. And speaking of work events, I don't know exactly what we're doing for Friday Night Tights next Friday because I'll be driving up, or rather, I'll be driving down to Orlando next Friday for MegaCon. Geeks and Gamers does MegaCon, amongst other things. Should be very, very exciting. Lots of fun stuff planned, but I don't really know all the things that are planned, so I don't know exactly what is going to be happening with us on Friday. I'm assuming... That all of us are going to be coming in live during Friday Night Tights uh, from the house, my guess, but I honestly don't know. <laughs> that that would be my guess, but I don't know. A sour cream citizen. Hello there. Hello. How's it going? Um. So basically, uh, so I wasn't tagged in this, but here's the thing. Here is the most important thing. All right. A sour cream citizen. The commentary and the conspiracy theory about the Captain Marvel tickets was just that, conspiracy theory. Every single point and every single, quote, proof that anyone brought up was easily debunked. As as someone who worked at a theater... I was able to look at all the things that people were bringing up and, and say, no, I can explain that. Or, no, I can explain this. So, again, that's just bunk, first off. The whole Captain Marvel inflated number stuff, that, again, to, to, to a degree, that would have been enough to make the film as, as successful as it was financially. It's just complete bunk. The same is absolutely then true of, of, of Doctor Strange. And I know this not only because if it's the same people or if it's the same logic behind the people that were pushing the conspiracy theory about Captain Marvel, then they're using the same flawed arguments. But then also, was anyone else there opening night? Were you there opening night? Were you there in the packed theater? Were you seeing all uh, the crowds and crowds of people? And, and, And if you weren't, then... All I can say is the numbers speak for themselves. I don't have to like the movie to point out the facts. And the facts are that Doctor Strange is already a box office hit. And depending on the international numbers, and again, this is where I think anyone who's running a video on the 82% drop on just the Friday, not taking not taking into account what the Saturday number is going to look like, or what the Sunday number is going to look like, I think they're making a huge mistake trying to spin it as a, a massive blow or as a massive uh, you know, downturn because the film has already made its money back. The film has already made its money back and is already making profit. And we can't ignore that fact. So we need to take a lot of care with the types of videos that we make 
<laughs> going forward, I think. If anyone's going to try and spin it, and I don't know if anyone has. I've just seen a lot of I've seen a lot of chatter and a lot of headlines about the 82% drop being mentioned and it's like, yeah, that's a that's a large drop for a Friday. It's not the largest that I've seen. That's something that I'm, I, I typically see with big budget films, especially big budget Marvel films, because remember, a lot of people go to see those films Thursday night. A lot of people go to see those films when they first open on Thursday and Friday. So it makes sense that the second Friday would be that large. The question is, how big is the second Saturday drop? And then how big is the second uh, Sunday drop? And then even more so, especially in large films like this, what is the total drop? internationally because the charting that I was doing over the week that was assuming international totals and so I'll keep that chart up to you because I'm actually intrigued I'm interested and it's something that I think I'm going to start tracking is what the second weekend total not just domestic because they only track domestic numbers as far as the drops are concerned but I'm going to do what is the total international domestic drop from week one to week two because I think that that will be one interesting to see and could help us give an indication of where films are going in the future. But I think that ultimately that's what it comes down to. So let's see. I already talked about this Master of Gaming. So again, it doesn't really mean a whole lot because the movie already made its money back. So it's not that it's not a sign of the film flopping because the film is making money. And the, de the very definition of a flop is when a film doesn't make money. Anyway. Uh, low Watermark, thank you for the $50 donation via Streamlabs. Low Watermark, always being incredibly supportive. I always really appreciate it, man. So thank you very much. He says, support for all that you do. Well, thank you very much, Low Watermark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Really does mean a lot. Especially after a lot of just, you know... A lot of stress this week, especially the last week of school is always incredibly stressful. And sometimes you get added stress because of just, you know, work nonsense and drama that is overblown. And, and it is just, again, something that <sighs> drives the anxiety crazy. So uh, low watermark, you have no idea how just much those words mean <laughs> right now. I also had a couple of students, former students of mine who graduated today, who uh, who were able to say some things that that also, again, I don't I don't do teaching for the compliments. That's that's not <laughs> if anyone's gonna try and join and 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 become a teacher for that. I wouldn't. It, it's <laughs> good luck. But when it does happen, there's no denying that that it feels good. So. Um, so, but again, thank you, Little Watermark, for that. I really do appreciate it. Anyway, the R over on Odyssey says, The movie I'm looking forward to the most is Terror on the Prairie. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Very interested to see Gina Carano in the film. Very interested to see the film uh, because it's it's one of the early films still in the Daily Wire saga. You know, a lot of the films that they've put onto their services, um, a lot of the films that they've put onto their services have been already made and they've just bought the distribution rights as far as them building a film from scratch i think they've only done the one so far uh which was really good uh, i was at shut-in which was like it was fantastic it was really solid i uh, really liked it a lot so this is yet another one they're doing and it seems to be the most expansive one you know, a lot of on-set location shooting and things of that nature. You got Nick Searcy in the film. Of course, you got Gina Carano in the film. So 
let's just say there's a lot of hype around it but that means again the greater the, the the greater the hype the greater the fall could be so i'm i have high hopes i have a lot of high i have a lot of high hopes uh here in the steadfast hail to you thanks for being here input latency in the chat hail to you as well and remember if you have a comment or question please put at odin at the very beginning of your comment at odin lets me know you're trying to get my attention and unless you are a youtube member it is the way it is the way. Story Poopus Cuber says, Hello, humans and other quitters. Sorry, can't stay, but leaving a little like and wave. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it very, very, very much. And there's no denying. There's no denying. Uh, Tina's putting up the uh, the yawning symbol next to WandaVision 2.0 for Doctor Strange. Hey, I, again, did not think it was that great of a film, but doesn't matter how anyone else feels the fact remains it's making money no matter how i or anyone else feels it's making money it's a box office success it's a box office hit and until i see those numbers tomorrow say any differently worldwide it still has a chance of making it to a billion dollars we'll have to wait and see uh, again, someone, thank you for sharing the numbers with me earlier someone tried to say oh this is going to do batman numbers the problem is, is that the tracking that was being shown was the domestic tracking. So you could see a similar drop-off domestically, and the domestic numbers could go up against Batman pretty pretty well. But it's the international numbers where I think there is not enough attention that's being put onto it. So that's why, again, when I'm looking at that second weekend drop, it's not just looking at the domestic drop it's looking at the entire drop off anyway orange hour views who's been a member for 23 months in a row almost two years man orange chat you're you're awesome bro orange chat reviews 23 months in a row says movie talk there is a movie called frequency dennis quaid and jim caviezel about time travel through broadband radio thoughts if you have seen it i have not seen it i have heard of it that does sound familiar um, and I've just never actually seen it though, but it definitely, uh, sounds interesting. So I'm going to put it onto, I'm going to put it onto my list real quick. So thank you for that recommendation. Orange chat reviews. Sounds like some people are talking about it in the chat, but yeah, unfortunately I've not been able to watch it, but I'm very excited because next week is exam week, which means getting off a little bit earlier, which means, uh, the ability to watch, shows to catch up on movies to catch up on a lot of other stuff um and obviously then that weekend is megacon and the week after that uh you know because i still have uh meetings uh the week after that so it'll be a little inconsistent but basically not next week or the week after but the following week is when full-time summer summer odin will go into effect and i plan on doing a lot of reading a lot of movie watching, uh, a lot of studying. As you all know, I've been very excited about the ability to to do some studying and to do some reading. I've been picking up a lot of books. And again, uh, shout out to Luca for sending me some more stuff to do and more stuff to read. But uh, also it means that the summer streaming schedule will go back into effect as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, probably looking at right now two Good Morning Asgard streams and one... Uh, OMB reviews live. Oh, sorry. OMB report live stream, as well of course OMB report uh, videos coming back as well. 
See, Coliseum Builders, what's going on? Hail to you. Appreciate it. Uh, Keely Chow, what is going on? Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, Elvis is looking for uh, is my looking forward to film. Nice. Yeah, I I don't know. I've seen the I've seen the release of I've seen the trailer, and I again when it comes to that director, it's it's so hit and miss. When it comes to Bars Lerman, it, it could be good, it could be really bad. I don't know. I think that the young actor they have playing him, uh, I, I think that he is showing signs and potential to give a, a really incredible performance. I just, I cannot get past Tom Hanks. That whatever accent Tom Hanks is doing, it just, <laughs> it just makes me laugh every single time. And I don't know if that's the actual purpose. I don't know if that's the actual purpose of the film. But that's that's how it makes me feel. Let's see. Laura says the Castro Theater in San Francisco celebrating their 100 year anniversary by playing Star Wars Raiders and Blade Runner, taking the kid to see Blade Runner for the first time. Nice, very cool. You always love when they show those classics. It's always interesting to see what movies they decide to show on major event days. Notice how it's not a lot of films from the last decade or two, because <laughs> there are some that I think are worth watching again. In theaters, but not all. Lance Mala, what's going on? Thanks for tagging. Says, howdy. You know, I'm legally obligated to ask, did you watch any good wrestling this week? So I did fall behind. I just watched and finished last week's Rampage and just started this week's uh, Dynamite. So I I currently just finished the opening bout uh, with Adam Cole, baby. So... That is where I currently am in the world of wrestling. Still all e- stall, still all AEW. Let's see. Laura says, the left can't meme or do talk radio. No, they cannot. They've always been bad at it. Brightburn says, I've been trying to find reasonably priced Super Nintendo games because I like retro stuff, especially the Super Nintendo, even though people tell me to try and get with the times as a gamer. Nah, bro. Do, do what you love, right? Physical media. That's the way to go. Um, and what I would recommend, let's see if I can pull it out. So something that I think kind of is able to bridge the gap a little bit, and maybe you've heard of these before, but this is from a company, it's called Epilogue. And what you're able to do is you're able to put in, this is specific to um, Game Boy games. And I want to say it also has adapters you can buy that can do like game gear games and stuff like that. But basically it lets you play from like, lets you hook the cartridge and hook it up to your computer and play it via emulator. But the thing that I love most about it is that it actually lets you like back it up. Like it, it actually lets you save the game. So it lets you export the game. And so I think it has like the best of both worlds in that way because you're able to still have the physical media, but you're also able to back it up because the fact is, is that physical media does wear. Physical media does wear down over time, and it's it's stuff like this. So again, this is from a company called Epilogue. So I would say maybe look into to see if there is something similar for whatever your passion is. So that way, not only can you continue to collect, but maybe you can also preserve them as well. So anyway, that was what what you just made me think of because... Um, I have a bunch of old Nintendo. Um, I have a bunch of a bunch of old Game Boy games that I want to find uh, 
that are probably somewhere around my parents' house that I want to like actually like back up because it creates a file for it to be played on any emulator basically. And there's an emulator that that comes built in with the system too. James Hurley says, "What's your take on Punisher 2004 with Thomas Jane? That was a better Marvel movie that was not Spider-Man, Blade, X-Men, pre-MCU Marvel films." No, I definitely think it's underrated for sure. I definitely think it's underrated. I am uh, I'm pretty fond of it. Uh, John Travolta as a villain is definitely one where it's it's one of those it's one of those roles where I find it more entertaining than anything else, but I do like it. Not to not not also, I will say this much. Another film that I think gets a lot more hate than it should. I don't hate Punisher Warzone. Now I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I don't know. I think it's fun. It's fun in that bad movie kind of way. Whereas the first film I think is actually a pretty solid film for the most part. And I would have loved to have seen Thomas Jane uh do another film. Uh there's that short that he did, the short film that he did that that was phenomenal. Uh that Basically was the Punisher and it was pretty good. Uh, let's see. Nate says Netflix and Disney to their employees. Uh, ABW always be woke. Always be woke. Always be woke. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, let's see. Seleucid. What is going on? Or Seleucid. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, G-Man. What's going on? I hope that's not what they said. Uh, I find that to be highly offensive. Very, very sad about that, <laughs> if that is what they were saying. Uh, Laura, it says, car video. Yes, there's definitely going to be some car videos. Definitely going to be some. I'm definitely, uh, since it's about an eight-hour drive for me, which it's not the longest drive I've ever had, but it's definitely on the longer side of things. Luckily, my car uh, on the highway can do about 440 miles or so of range. So I, I, as long as I fill up here, which I'll want to because gas prices are crazy and my part of Tennessee actually ends up having some of the lower prices, uh, I'll probably fill up here, try and get about halfway, and then try and find a Loves. I don't know anyone that does a lot of road traveling, Loves, ah, that's the place to be, that's the place to go, love me some Loves. Always have uh, some of the better back bathrooms, not always, but some of the be- better bathroom experiences, and... Uh, Anyway, I am I, I'm, I'm fond of the love, so definitely uh, a lot of opportunities to do some car videos, to do some car vlogging. I don't think I'm going to do any car streams. I don't understand how anyone or, or anyone's able to do a car stream without someone else in the car. I, I just, there's just no way. There's just no possible way. Uh, let's see. Luca, thanks for tagging, says here, you're welcome. Actually, I was surprised that I was no longer a member. My mistake. We'll be renewing it. Hey, no problem at all, man. No problem at all. Again, it's not, it's not an obligation. It's not a requirement. Um, but it is, again, one of those perks that you get if you are a member. We don't have to tag. Jacques Le Suave, six minutes ago, over on Odyssey, said, How much of Doctor Strange 2 success do you think is writing Spider-Man's coattails? And how do you think those two movies will play into the upcoming Thor? So I think Doctor Strange 2's uh, success is very much riding off of the coattails of Spider-Man. I, I think that what we're seeing with Doctor Strange is similar to what we saw with uh, Captain Marvel, but in reverse. Captain Marvel, the reason why that film was a success was not because Disney was buying tickets. Like Everyone tried to push the, that, that conspiracy down everyone's throats. Again, it was a conspiracy, and it just, again, was just nonsense. But what I do think happened was 
people like me and all of us underestimated the impact and the excitement level that people had for Endgame, which, remember, made boatloads of money, and that Captain Marvel was essentially played as and seen as a setup film for that movie, making a lot of Marvel stands feel like they had to see it. So there was that factor of people thinking they had to see it prior to. You also had just the Marvel stands who, hey, it's a Marvel film, I have to see it regardless. And I think that was a huge factor for that film doing well. Now, obviously, this is a different order, but I think that it, it was a similar thing where there was a connection between, obviously, because Doctor Strange was, was prominent within the Spider-Man No Way Home film. And I think that that is what led a lot of people to say, oh, this is playing into the multiverse that they played around with in Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, that could get really exciting. That could get really cool. And so I think that that was another reason why this film was able to uh, get a lot of early success going on. And again, I, I still think that I think the success will continue. We'll have to, of course, wait and see what the international drop is. And also remember, the mo the movie's already making money. So, <laughs> let's see. Laura says, the monkey conspiracy theories with facts is tight, but gets to be banished. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know that you had, like, rescinded that and then retyped it. So, I'm sure there was a type uh, a retype there. But I, I do love your cons uh, debunking conspiracy theories with facts is tight. Wow, 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 wow. I'm glad that me and Laura have have this connection where we can <laughs> we can finish finish each other's sandwiches see victor fontaine time to say gary didn't say why you were missing from nft they did show the dallas meetup poster and you were on it yeah i mean i've seen the poster the poster's awesome poster is legit so very 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 excited for that very excited for that uh let's see what, what lord actually says sorry i mean people get upset when you push back on their theories yes they do yes they do people get offended um, and that's why one of my favorite, uh, conversations, one of my favorite, um, events in the life of the channel, I guess you could say in my YouTube career was actually in debunking a, a conspiracy or at the very least in providing an alternative to one. Uh, remember how Kathleen Kennedy was supposed to have been fired years ago. Remember how that every year like, comes up and someone's like, I have the inside sources and I have this or that. Well, it all started with uh, someone who I, I would call a friend of the channel. And one of these days, we're going to work out a stream together. Our schedules just never match up. So shout out to the Salty Nerd Podcast, but specifically to Matthew Kadish. And I remember, and some of you who've been around for a long time, you know and you remember. It was the stream I had with Matthew Kadish, Jeremy, of course, from Geeks and Gamers, and a couple of other people who I, I could name them, but I'm not. Uh, for several reasons, but they were all up on having proof from inside sources. One even claimed to have seen the contract. And Matthew Kadish was able to literally tear apart every single argument that they made. Speaking as someone who had worked in and around Hollywood, not like higher level, but still enough in the industry to be able to have some know-how on how these these things tend to work. And so one of the things that was being pushed back on against Matthew was, Oh, well, what was your job or what, you know, what, you know, what kind of real uh, insight would you have, which was their big mistake was their fatal flaw because he was able to be honest and say, Hey, here's exactly where I was here. Exactly what I did. 
And then he was able to ask the guy who especially claimed to be a, uh, to have seen the contract saying, oh, what did you do? Like, oh, what's your connection with Lucasfilm? And got the person, because the guy kept saying, oh, I was a contractor, I was a contractor. By contractor, he meant he was a cosplayer. So you know how they have professional cosplayers? He was a professional cosplayer. So he exposed this dude. And I don't think the dude even realized that he got exposed, but he got exposed so bad. And that whole thing fell apart so quickly. And I just remember that. And it, it was ever since Matthew Kadish. And again, shout out to Matthew Kadish. Shout out to the, uh, the Salty Nerd Podcast. It's ever since then that I've I've tried to do everything that I can to always uh, keep myself open to, one, having, a, having my mind changed, but also, two, to whenever there are new theories, to ever there are any uh, things like this come about, to, to have some skepticism. And it became even more prominent when the Captain Marvel stuff started happening because I was seeing people that I liked starting just to push theories. And I, I was looking at the charts. I was looking at the seating arrangements that they were pointing to. And I was like, no, I can actually give you a logical explanation as to why these seats are blacked out or why these seats are showing the way that they are. So anyway, yeah, people don't like it. People don't like it when you go against the uh, the narrative. And that goes goes for any community. Uh, they say, if I can be honest, I honestly think I like the lighthouse more than the Northman. Is that weird? Again, whether it's weird or not, it sounds more like taste. Um, and I, I think personally, the Northman was the most normal film that he has ever made, uh, that Robert Eggers has ever made. And so just by default, I like it <laughs> most, but I still have issues because I just would like for him to not make... I would like for him to make a really good film because he has the capacity. He has the chops to do it, but man, uh, Jared Thomas, what's going on? Howdy. Welcome to the chat. Welcome. JJ five, two. Welcome to the chat. Master of gaming. Are you excited for the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer? Why in the world would I, would I be excited for the Barbie movie? And two, Oppenheimer. I at least am somewhat interested in, Anytime Nolan makes a film, I'm interested. I'm one of the few that I did not hate Tenet. Um, however, I think any criticism that anyone brings against the film is completely legitimate, especially about the sound mix, because the sound mix on that film is terrible. I actually do think the story is interesting. I do think the, the story and the concepts that are brought about are really, really interesting and compelling. But the only reason why I understood why anything was going on or how anything was going on was because I was warned beforehand about how bad the sound mix was that I literally went in hyper-focused, which is something that is hard to do to actually enjoy a film when you're just like, I'm in the zone. But I was able to understand 90% of the dialogue, which I think is, is the highest percent that people have ever said. Most people were like, oh, I could only understand half the film or maybe two-thirds of the film. For me, it's like I was able to understand almost every single line. There was just a couple that I wasn't able to. But I ended up enjoying the the actual story itself. And again, wasn't the greatest thing ever. But Oppenheimer being a Nolan film uh, obviously means I'm going to give it at least at least I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Josiah Fitch tagged. Thank you for tagging. He says, "Are they gonna release the Gina's movie? Uh, Gina's movie in theaters? Um, I don't believe so. I'm I'm pretty sure that a part of the Daily Wire's model is to have it be strictly on their service to try and promote the service. Now, 
I could I, I see nothing against them trying to release it in theaters. The question is what theaters would actually want to want to actually host it, if that makes sense. Um, which one of them would actually want to uh, unfortunately have to work this way, take on the risk because they're going to be known as the theater that took on the Daily Wire film. Now, now luckily the Daily Wire, the Daily Wire is becoming a lot more not necessarily mainstream, but I think, I think a lot more prominent and is going to be taken and will be taken and kind of has to be taken more seriously. So it could be shown in a minimal theatrical release. I don't there's no way it's going to get a major theatrical though. There's just no way that they're going to get it in a huge portion of AMC's or a huge portion of any of the major chains. I just, I just personally don't see that happening. Uh, awesome one says coming from a normie stream. They are all confused that shows are getting canceled when they are so good. Of course. <laughs> well, welcome James Hurley. What's your thoughts on Thomas Jane Punisher? Uh, James Hurley. That was a repeat. Don't repeat. Again, if you put a comment in and you retract it, it doesn't retract on the little messaging board I have. So it's better just to let any uh, mistakes stay. Uh, Great Widow, what's going on? Good, sir. Welcome. Let's see, Nathan Slay tagged to say, uh, to be honest, I think both Whiplash and Prisoners would be awesome to release in theaters again. Yeah, that you, you kind of read my mind. So when I said that, it was not surprising. This is back to Laura's comment about a theater celebrating what its hundred year anniversary, releasing films like Star Wars and Indiana Jones back in. I was like, and I had mentioned that there are only like a very few films that I would say should be released again in theaters over the last couple of decades, like recently. Yeah, my mind, my mind went to films like Whiplash, like Prisoners, like Nightcrawler, like Dark Knight, of course, Batman Begins as well, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of others that. That are just, you know, I'm not even thinking of at the moment. But those would definitely be uh, some of the top of my list. From the last two decades, at least. Yeah, this is true, Master of Gaming. And it was sick. It was sick when it happened, you know. And there's there's always a really well-done saying. And I know that not everyone on here either knows who Tim Pool is or cares who Tim Pool is. But there uh, is a saying that he that he has said more often than anyone else. And that is that there are crazies on both sides. However, typically with the right, it's the exception. Whereas with the left, it's the rule. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. When a left-wing personality dies, are there people on the right who praise and cheer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it as many as people on the left when a right-wing personality dies, I don't think it's even close. So, yeah, I think it's sick. I th- And I think it's sick on both sides. Like when uh, RBG, for instance, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and I saw some people praising it, I was like, don't. This is still a human being. This is still a person with, with a soul. And right now we should be rep- we should be praying for the repose of their souls. Whether we like them or not. Let's see. G-Man says, they didn't really say that you were getting one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. By the way, I caught the irony there. The R, what's going on, brother? Yeah, not. it's not Catholic. No way I would touch that. You're correct. You are correct, good sir. Uh, Brightburn, I'm curious who here thinks X-Men 2000 and Unbreakable 2000 are good films. 
I kind of like them both, but think Unbreakable's threequel glass is better than X-Men Last Stand. Okay, there's a lot going on there, because first off, X-Men Last Stand is trash. Because that's X-Men 3. It's not a very good movie. It's not a very good movie at all. So, first off, yeah, Unbreakable. Uh, uh, so, so, first off, X-Men Last Stand is terrible. Glass is not a bad movie. However... Glass is not a bad movie, however, it was a major disappointment because Split was amazing. Split was phenomenal. And when they had the tie-in to Unbreakable at the end, you were just like, whoa, that's so cool. I can't wait for Glass. And then Glass just did not deliver at all. But Last Stand is trash. And so therefore, to say Glass is better, I don't know. I don't think that that's really much of a comparison because if... If if X Men Last Stand is 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 dog crap, and Glass is just you know uh, a nice dinner that was thrown into the trash, I mean that's gonna win every single time. I don't know if that comparison makes any sense to anybody, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Whereas of course the first X Men from two thousand and Unbreakable are both solid films. They're both solid films. Anyway, let's see. Awesome One says, don't do an Anna That Star Wars Girl car video. Her car broke down and she was on side uh, in Compton for three hours. She made it back despite crying, I'm going to die. (laughs) I also just remember uh, videos where she was in the car with Jeremy and uh, he was driving like a madman. Uh, The Voyager 47, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Rob D., uh, yeah, so actually, Rob D., you, mu- you missed it at the very beginning. I've already talked about this. So people, I think, are overblowing this story. I really do think people are overblowing this story. Let me see if I can, uh, let me see if I can bring some, some context here. All right, let's talk about it. So everyone's talking about, oh my goodness, 82%. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. It dropped 82%. Oh, but wait. It's it's made five hundred and sixty eight million dollars and its break even point was five hundred. Oh, it's actually already made its money back and now it's all making massive profit and this is only the second weekend that it's been released. Oh, that means that the film's gonna make well over one hundred million dollars in net gain profits no matter how much money it makes. So again, anyone who's running with the eighty two percent drop is missing the force for the trees. And also that eighty two percent drop does not take into account the Saturday numbers or the Sunday numbers. So it still could even out to be somewhere in the 60s or 70s. And it also ignores the international numbers where, as you can see, internationally, this film is a lot stronger. So a lot of the numbers and the, uh, the breakdown that I was doing for projections was not based on what I thought the domestic drop was going to be, but what the entire worldwide box office drop was going to be. Because if the number... Still ends up dropping, and let me see if I can uh, if I can pull up my numbers here. Let me see if I can let me see if I can pull up my uh, my data here because I made I made a chart and I've been I've been using it. Let's see, there we go. Let's let's pull up let's pull up some charts here. We like charts. We like some math. So, Doctor Strange opening weekend four to fifty million dollars. So as of the last time I made a video on this, it was around $532 million, all right? Now, let's say, this is worldwide, by the way, all right? Worldwide numbers. 
if the film drops either 70% worldwide or 60% worldwide, here are the week two numbers. With those numbers, bare minimum, the film makes a billion dollars. I'm just, I'm just saying, bare minimum, the film makes a billion dollars. So once again, you need to be very careful with looking at that one single number on the Friday because it's just the domestic Friday, all right? It's just the domestic Friday that's being reported, not the Saturday and Sunday because believe me, the drop domestically is going to be somewhere probably in the 60s or 70s if I had to make a guess. But let's say that it drops 70% worldwide or 60% worldwide. It's going to be at 667 or $712 million worldwide by the end on Sunday. All right? And if that happens, the projections that I have for the box office are going to have this film making somewhere between $900 and $1.2 billion. Meaning the chance of it getting to a billion is going to be very likely. Not to mention, of course, the fact that this film has already made its money back. So let's go ahead and do so let's do some more math. So again, the people that are celebrating this, I think need to calm down a little bit. All right? Because here here here's the thing. All right? So let me let me back out. We don't need to be that close anymore. The zoom, it's too strong. So current box office last time I updated it was around 532 million dollars. So let's go ahead then and put in the numbers. Let's put in the numbers. Doctor Strange, it's up to 568. And remember, they don't have the updated international weekly numbers or weekend numbers yet. Right now, as of today, the film has made $41 million in net gain profit. This is already past the best Marvel film that they had last year, which was Shang-Chi, which made around $30 million in net gain profit. So after two weeks, this film has already made $41.2 million in net gain profit. By the end of this weekend, this number will be pretty close to $100 million. Thank you, Tina, for taking care of that nasty, disgusting bot. But context is key, people. Context is key. You can be happy that the film had a massive drop. I'm not saying that you can't be happy. But you can't say that it means or is a sign that it's a flop or that it's a failure because that's just not the case from a financial standpoint. Joey's Movie Blog. Tonight, I'm going to be playing a Akira Kurosawa-themed D&D campaign. Oh, very nice. I would rather watch a movie personally because I'm not into those kinds of games, but hey. Stephanie B., says, since you put Easter in the title, do people ever think your new live streams are older? I don't know. I don't know. It's still Easter. That's the reason why I keep it in the title. Is because we unfortunately live in a world and an age where people think that Easter is a day. It's not. It's an entire season. Easter is a 50-day season that leads up to Pentecost. So that's why Easter's still in the title. And that's why my lights are still white. Because it is still Easter. So he is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Blessed Easter. Can still say it. The R over on Odyssey a while ago said a story. It took me a while to get to this. But it says, I finally saw Spidey. And I actually thought it was slightly overrated. Four out of five. 
but it did make me want to watch DS2. Coattails, indeed. Yes, for sure. For sure. All right. Back to the chat. Southern Bell's promise of a rose garden? <laughs> I just think that's a great name. I actually don't use Gas Buddy. Is Gas Buddy worth it? Does it does it really help a lot? James Hurley, a Marvel movie that I like and don't understand the hate is the 2000 Fantastic Four movies. I thought the cast had good chemistry and actually acted like a family. I don't think the I don't think the casting was terrible, except for Jessica Alba. I, I just I, she's she's not a good actress. Um, but other than that, I did think everyone else did their role just fine. The movies just weren't well made. Uh, Silver Surfer especially just was not a well-made film. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're the worst films that have ever been made. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think that they get they, they do get over-hated, I would say. Let's see. Let's see. Hamilton Burger, tag to say. Uh, Lighthouse greater than the Northman because Willem Dafoe is greater than no Willem Dafoe's simple math. Um, okay, well, there's a flaw in your argument. Willem Dafoe is in both movies. So your math is flawed and complicated. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is in the Northman. He doesn't have a major role in Northman, but he sure is in there. So you need to go back to the drawing board and you need to rework that equation because it does not work. All right. Laura says, now that I've seen The Witch, I might go back and rewatch The Lighthouse now that I get Egger's funkiness, not Guatemalaness. Your what? My Guatemalaness. You know, my natural heat. Again, there's a level. There's a level. There's a connection. And uh, my wife, by the way, loves the... Uh, so Laura sent us a mug, which uh, has a quote from it, which originally I did not get because it's a very obscure quote that now, of course, every time I watch the film, I'm like, ah, there it is. Um, it was like, yes, it's large, a great, a great, a great, uh, was it a great escape from coffee or something like that, or a great alternative to coffee, something like that. Again, still screwing up the quote, but uh, my wife loves the the birdcage too, so she likes using. It. So one day I saw the mug just sitting out because sometimes my wife gets you know falls behind in the morning, and so she ends up leaving uh, her coffee behind, and so it was that mug, and of course that just always that just makes me smile. But yes, thank you for that. And I need to watch the witch. I started watching it and didn't like it. I didn't like the vibe. I didn't like the language. It was just a little too complex for me. But I've said this before, I'll say it again. Laura always makes me intrigued and interested to want to watch things. So <laughs> now it's like it's like rubbing off on me, like maybe I need to watch that to understand everything. Is that the key that unlocks all of all of the things? Guatemalanis. <laughs> uh yes, there it is. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I'm looking at the live chat. A refreshing break from coffee. Yes, there it is. <laughs> thank you, Laura. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you again for that. See, Brightburn says, what about Dunkirk, Allfather? Do you like that Nolan film? You know, so, so don't get me wrong, because I think some people have a misunderstanding of 
how I feel about Dunkirk. I don't hate Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is vastly overrated. So do I think Dunkirk is a well-made movie? Yes. Do I think that it's a, I would say, B range? Solid B? Yes. But this is the fight that I typically get in with Jeremy. We haven't had this fight in a long time. But Jeremy, like, loves that movie. Like, he, he just puts it on this pedestal. And it's not that good of a film. All right. It's, it's a solid movie. So, it's a solid film. Uh, definitely not one of his best. That's for sure. Uh, the, the way, especially, the, the story just really suffers a lot the, the further that it goes along. By the way, G-Man, I see the $5 super chat you sent about 10 minutes ago. Uh, I cannot wait to get to it in the chat so I can highlight it. Uh, let's see. Jacob Ironside, good evening. Good evening to you. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, Prisoners is a phenomenal film, by the way. Um, for those that are newer to the channel, I love Denis Villeneuve. I think that he is one of the best working directors in Hollywood, and I know that that makes my mods sick every time I mention it, but it's true. And Prisoners is probably one of his better films, to be honest. It's a long film. It's a slow burn. It's a mystery, uh, almost like detective in a way, but it's it's great. Uh, General Wingster, guess what I'm eating right now? Ice cream and Mega Stuff Oreos. Dang, that's a lot. Uh, we just ran out of ice cream the other day, so I sadly have no ice cream and really no sweets. Uh, Laura, I agree. First Class X-Men was so good. I agree. I really wanted that film uh, to continue and uh, obviously, I think that Days of Future Past was able to capture the magic. But then the two films that came after it were terrible, were so bad uh, to, to such a degree. And I loved so many of the people that got to be in that new cast, like the younger versions of the characters. I thought, I thought a lot of them were just solid. So, um, but yeah, First Class, I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. Let's see. What happened with Last Stand? I think, wasn't there like studio interference or something? I don't know. I, it's been so long, I don't even remember. But Daniel Thorne over on DLive, thank you for the ice cream donation to get the official ice cream song in there. Here it is, G-Man, thank you for the $5 super chat. By the way, thank you very much, Laura, for taking care of the nasty, nasty bots. Man, why are the bat bots going after me? Why are the bots going after me tonight? I'm I'm actually more so in the defensive mode for the <laughs> for the typical Marvel stuff. And I'm defending a film that I didn't even like. I just don't like when people go down you know paths and holes that don't make any sense. It's like I'm willing to be critical of people and critical of movies and critical of things, but we gotta stay braced in reality, as Laura even says. Chat. Brace for context. Exactly. Always brace for context. Always brace for truth. And I will always try to give it as best I can. Visit Cheryl Kenny Lee. What's going on? Hello, Odin. How has the night gone? It's been going pretty well. Been feeling pretty good. Been pretty, you know, been, been feeling pretty good, man. You know? Pretty good. General Wingster tagged to say, Not a strange will lose money like Captain Marvel lost money. No, it will not. And I know that you are a pet troll. The fact, <laughs> the fact is Captain Marvel didn't lose money. Captain Marvel made money. Captain Marvel made profit, just like Doctor Strange did. And I appreciate your trolliness. It, it, it always makes me feel nice. 
Let's see, Just Joe 47, what's going on? Yeah, Firestarter, I think it had a day and date release on a streaming service as well. So 1.5 uh, or 1.7 million or whatever it made is actually not terrible. Let's see. Uh, Master Gaming says, uh, As made a video on the Friday drop-off Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I think it will make a billion dollars or the same amount as Captain Marvel. Um, well, Captain Marvel made over a billion, so those are the same thing. So I do too. And that does not mean that I, I like it. That does not mean that I wanted to. It's just what the numbers are. It's just what, it's just what the numbers are indicating. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people have made videos about it. And if they want to make videos about it, hey, go right ahead. There's nothing wrong with making a video about it. The only thing is, and again, I haven't, I haven't seen the videos, and so that's why I can only speak to a more general sense and really more so of what's been brought up specifically in this chat. It would be a grave error for anyone to look into that 82% drop to somehow be an indication that it's a flop. Because, again, by the very fact that the movie has already made its money back, is already $40 million in the black, and we haven't even gotten the international numbers yet, that includes everything in it. So think about everything that it would have made Monday to Friday internationally. Those numbers really haven't been updated yet. Take into account also the international weekend numbers, then take into account the 60 to 70% drop that we're likely to see from the domestic market, and you hopefully will understand why this film will be probably close to around $700 million by the end of the weekend. And that will put it in a very good position to not have to do a whole lot to be able to hit the billion-dollar mark. And it's like, Unbreakable is a phenomenal film. The scene with Willis uh, when Willis chokes the orange man inside the house. Amazing score of background gives me goosebumps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's such a phenomenal film. With, with some great twists, and uh, it, it's Shyamalan at his best, for sure. Uh, ben S. thinks around $900 million. Yeah, again, I think, depending on what the numbers are, gotta wait for those numbers. Gotta wait for those numbers. Uh, once we get those numbers, then we can start to... Uh, then we can start to... figure out exactly like where it will actually fall. And I just realized I had the G-Man's comment highlighted, but I don't think I actually read it or I don't remember. Reading. So G-Man, thank you for the $5 super chat says, I thought the studios admitted to buying tickets as a part of their marketing budget. Was that a rumor? Um, so here's the thing. This is not something that is just specific to movies or studios. Any single entity that is selling a product is going to give away free samples and do giveaways. Those are ways that you entice people to go see your films. So what people were doing, G-Man, was they were saying, look, they're doing these radio broadcasts to give away free tickets to go see the film. And they're, they're, they're counting the numbers here. And they were trying to use that to justify saying that's how it made as much money as it did. That was one of the things that they were trying to bring up. It's like, that's something that, again, every single studio. And, again, it goes beyond just movies. It's a common marketing tactic that is used. Very, very common. 
Let's see. Uh, Brightburn says, but in response to what said about Glass and X3, Christopher Nolan is right about threequels because most of the time threequels are generally bad. I mean, Lethal Weapon 3, anyone? Oh, I mean, if Alex McCarthy was here, I think that he would uh, have something to say about uh, about your comments with Lethal Weapon 3. That all being said, it is interesting because <laughs> it's interesting that, that that came from Nolan because guess what? His own threequel, Dark Knight Rises... I would strongly argue, was not very good. Yes, we must. See, Josiah says, what country is Doctor Strange making all of its money? Um, Well, it doesn't have a China release. So right now, it's made $29 million in South Korea. So doing huge numbers in South Korea, about $24 million in the United Kingdom, $20 million in Mexico, 15 in Brazil, 12 in India. It's just making a lot of money in every country. But right now, uh, top 10, uh, as of the last update on the numbers, looks like South Korea. So, anyway, I thought I saw in the live chat that Tina and Steph were heading out. So, uh, Tina and Steph, thank you all very much. I appreciate y'all being here. hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Much love to y'all. Have fun Let's see, Physics Channel Kenny Lee says, next week is the last week of school for me. Looking forward to summer. Yes, same here, man. Again, next week is exam week for us, which is, uh, it's, I love exams personally because you get to just give the exam, walk around, pick them up, grade them, and that's all you do. Like, and you say goodbye for the summer and everything. Like, it's just so easy. You get out a little bit earlier and it's, it's just so nice. It's just so nice because you just have so much more time to do certain things. Uh, Luca, thanks for the tag. Yes, the room will be red for Pentecost. I, I think I'm going to continue the liturgical colors uh, until now. I will say once summer starts, one of the things I'm excited about is I'm going to attempt, no promises, but I'm going to attempt to flip my desk to face, uh, basically to be against this wall over here. My Blu-ray collection is behind which is on this wall over here. So my goal is to rearrange the room so that I actually have a, uh, a backdrop. So that I actually have a backdrop. Let's see. Star-Lord. What's up, man? And yes, that is true. We can. I just, I just meant it as like a liturgical season, specifically. Tina says, Gas Buddy is worth it, and I don't even own a car. Well, then how do you even know? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Laura says, I blame the YouTube Al Gore rhythm for all these vids on the 80% drop for Doctor Strange. People love negative news. This is true. This is true. And obviously, I've I've done those before. I have done those before. And nothing against anyone who, who, who continues to do them. Um, but I think many people probably recognized a while ago I shifted to being specifically movie reviews, box office, uh, predictions, projections, uh, retrospects, things like that to try and streamline things a little bit more because there's tons of stories that I can make a quick video on and it could probably get a lot of videos in a very short amount of time. And Hey, maybe, maybe it could even grow the channel, but as you all know, I do this for fun. And so what do I like to do for fun? I like talking with you guys. I like reviewing and talking about movies that I've seen and I like talking about the box office. So, you know, is what it is. Let's see. Uh, 
Mark talks about there being well, yeah, I, I I wouldn't like it in any film, but thanks thanks for the warning. I assumed that it would be in there, but uh, Hamadenberger. Okay, attempt uh, the second. Let's see if his math works out. Lighthouse is greater than the Northman because more Willem Dafoe is greater than less Willem Dafoe. Well, I think that there could be some flaws in that too, because could there not be films where you have less Willem Dafoe and yet what you have is greater than what you didn't have. I'll give an example. So there is a film, <laughs> and yes, I've seen this film, by the way. For anyone who's seen it, you're going to be like, how did Odin get through that? Not easily. But there is a film called Antichrist. Um, and when you look up the film director for the film, you'll be like, oh, that dude, because he's made a lot of things. He did Melancholia, uh, was another one that was well-known. He makes a lot of, kind of similar to Robert Eggers, makes a lot of weird films, but they tend to be, I, I forget the philosophy or worldview, but basically they all tend to be very down, like downers. Like it, it's all very just, I forget what it's called, but when when you are all about just negativity, all about like a loss of any sense of hope, hope and and just there's a there's a word in there but anyway antichrist there is a lot of willem dafoe in that movie however i would not argue that having more of him in that movie if you've seen that movie you know what i'm talking about versus a film like no way home where you don't have as much of him in comparison i would say the less of him in no way home is significantly better than nihilism thank you yes thanatos yes thanatos felicitas in live chat you got it right uh yeah nihilism uh there's a lot of nihilistic themes in the films that he makes and so i just yeah but yeah i've seen that movie and no i will not watch it again for review dan um, <laughs> I saw you in the live chat. Um, but anyway, let us see. Uh, Laura says, Oh geez, watch the witch during the day with the lights on very creepy ending. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, but I hear it's more thriller than it is horror. And I tend to do better with thrillers. So maybe that will be one. Let's see. Brian Barth says, Christopher Walken cast in Dune part two. I want to say I heard that. And if it's true, I think all that means is we're going to need some more cowbell. It's probably a terrible impression, but I don't care. Nathan Slay, uh, Prisoners is the best Denis Villeneuve film. I actually would, I would disagree. I would respectfully disagree. I think Sicario is the best film that he's ever made. And in a close second, a film that many have probably not seen is actually the first film he ever did or the first feature-length film he ever did, it's called Incendies. It's in, I believe it's all in French. And that film, oh my goodness, that film. If you want to talk about twists and turns, <laughs> if you've seen Incendies, you know what I'm talking about. And oh lordy, oh lordy. It's crazy. But Daniel Thorne, again, thank you for that ice cream. I shouted you out earlier. Uh, let's see, Daniel Thorne says here, haagen ice cream is up to $7 a pint here. Dang! all these all these prices going up don't touch my ice cream 
Uh, let's see, Victor Fontaine says, Spider-Man No Way Home had an 83% drop Friday to Friday, 122 million to 20 million. This seems to be a symptom of the heavily front-loaded front-loading of these movies for various reasons. And Victor, thank you. And I think that that makes the point that I was trying to make earlier uh, much more clearly. I didn't have the numbers in front of me. But uh, yes, that's, that's the point I was trying to make. These movies are front-loaded. And that's why I say all the time, the first two weeks are the most important. Because it's not just the opening weekend. It's how much of a drop-off in total you see in that second weekend. Because then you tend to get a range and that's why my charting is the way that it is because if a film does really well you can have a film actually double its money so it makes 500 million dollars in the first two weeks it has strong legs it ends up getting to a billion because it doubles the amount of money it's very rare that that happens but it can whereas i would say a lot of big budget films tend to fall more so into the other two categories i have which is they make 60 to 70 percent and sometimes even 80% of the entire box office that it makes in the first two weeks and then has massive drop-offs week on, week on. So, again, there's no exact science to it. But from what I have studied, and I did a lot of research on this prior to doing any of my charting. This was years ago when I first started doing this. And I just noticed a trend that most films fall somewhere between 50 and 70%. There are exceptions where some films will do better. Some films will actually even more than double their money. There are some exceptions where films will do worse than that 80% number there. But the average, the average still comes out to be roughly around 60%. And that's why that's the number that I typically go with as far as my predictions are concerned. Because, again, statistically, it's a, it's a safe bet. It's not a guarantee, but... All righty then. Let's see. We've got about 17 minutes left in the show. I thank y'all very much for being here. Let's see. Mark says the new Firestarter spent too much time on the first act, and the third act was 15 minutes, so too rushed. Yeah, I've actually, I'm going to be honest, I've never seen the original Firestarter. I've never read the novel that's based off of. So I, I can't speak from experience, but I can take an educated guess that the ending is when a lot of hell breaks loose, and that is typically going to be where you want a lot of your action to be and not on the initial setup. So, that's sad. Very, very sad. Let us see. Uh, and yes, uh, Tina had posted this earlier, but make sure that you check her out. Um, she and Steph have a show that they do, Soup to Nuts. Make sure to check out both of their channels. But I believe as of this point, the show has been hosted exclusively on Tina's channel. So uh, especially uh, have the bell notification on for Tina's channel for Soup to Nuts. If you want to hear about movies and history and other fun things like that. Bro Grim, what's going on? Welcome to the channel. Appreciate it. Again, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comments. All that I ask. All that I ask. Unless you are, of course, a member on the channel, in which case, one of the perks you get is comic gets read. Thanatos Felicitas, tag to say, yeah, no mirror, I hate mirrors. Why do you hate mirrors, though, is the real question. Why do you hate the mirrors? Do you hate the mirrors for some reason? Physics channel Kenny Lee. 
For the summer, you should put something like one poster on the wall. <laughs> well, as I said, the plan is to move the desk and my Blu-ray shelf will be the background. And so that will already be like massively better. And then I'll still have the lights that I can still, you know, play around with the colors and all that kind of stuff. So um, that is the initial plan. Now, how it works out, how it plays out will be totally, uh, I'm sure it'll be a hot mess because there's two monitors right here. There's a, a computer, like a, an actual home-built computer right here. There is a uh, backup power supply right here. And just a lot of stuff that would need to be moved in order for that to happen. And, of course, just so many things would need to be unplugged. So that's the reason why I've been waiting off until summer to even try it. And uh, I'm, I'm almost, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm dreading it at the same time, though, because it's like, what if I set it up and... I think at first initially that I like it and then something about the setup drives me crazy and then all of a sudden I have to change it. I don't know if I could handle it. I don't know if I could handle it. But yeah, don't worry. Uh, there will be at least a change of sorts. And uh, by the way, Luca, thank you for becoming a member over on Patreon. I appreciate that very much. I got the notification earlier. And uh, appreciate it very much. Let's see. Theranos, thank you for tagging. Says I always felt that nihilism promoted so uh, socio uh, uh, sociopathy. See, sociopathic is what I know. So when I hear socio so soci sociopathy is the, the way that I want to say it, but that just sounds wrong. And selfishness, but there's just my opinion, and that philosophy bores me. No, yeah, nihilism itself, and it's a big problem actually in today's world, especially amongst youth, because when you don't believe that there is a reason for anything, it gives you a reason to do or say anything. It's actually an incredibly dangerous philosophy. So, uh, yeah, I don't like it. And that's why there was a film that was, I think, a Hulu exclusive called Palm Springs, and my wife and I hated it. And the reason why was because it was pure nihilism. And it's it's a trend that is coming up in a lot of shows and movies. It's really bad. Nathan Slay, Willem Dafoe yelling at Robert Pattinson for insulting his cooking is greater than Willem Dafoe staring creepily. Therefore, the last grace of the Northman. Okay, that is the most sound logic I've heard about the argument, Nathan Slay. So kudos to you. I think that I think that that is sound logic. Now again, whether someone agrees with it or not is up to someone's opinion. But logically, you have yourself right there. You have yourself right there. Um, a strong argument. Uh, by the way, Laura, I saw the live chat. Thank you for letting me know. I appreciate that. And uh, I will keep a lookout on that one. Let's see. Nathan Slay, or sorry, Hammond and Baga says, have you ever considered working with someone to write an academic paper about your research on the box office numbers? Not really. Not really. Uh, again, because I do it for fun. And the only type of academic paper that I would ever want to write, because academic papers especially would take a lot of time and energy, the only one I'd ever want to write would be a dissertation to get a PhD in either theology or philosophy. So <laughs> that's that's the only kind of academic writing that I'd actually be interested in. When it comes to box office, I'd much rather just do it for fun. Uh, Thanatos says, mirrors mess with my depth perception. Ah, that's a good reason. That's a very, very good reason. Let's see. Visible Mac says, wonder how the Firestarter remake squares up to the Carrie remake. Yeah, I never saw the Carrie remake. 
I thought the the casting was interesting, but let's see. Bah, bah, bah. Master of Gaming says, "How well do you think Fear, Pause of Fury, Bed Rest, and Secret Headquarters and Samaritan will do at the box office?" Dude, didn't you ask about that earlier about which one was I least excited about? I have no knowledge of those films, so I have no idea how any of those films are going to do. Um, my guess is, since I haven't heard of any of them, that the chance of them doing well is probably not very likely. If I had to take a guess. If I had to take a guess. Uh, but anyway, I am now caught up with the live chat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I caught up with the live chat. I caught up on you. So, um... What I'm going to go ahead and do, because I'm getting a little stuffy nose, you probably heard a little bit throughout the chat, is uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and end things just a little bit early. Just a little bit early. Just a wee bit early. Um, but thank you all for being here. Also, especially with the attacks that have been going on tonight. Uh, and, of course, I'll get these last-minute comments, too. But uh, Luca uh, coming in saying, Victor Frankel and Jordan Peterson recently uh, have correctly noticed the need for a sense in one's life. However, what they are missing still is the sense logos which offers an objective basis amen brother absolutely it's and it's amazing how far people can get with philosophy it really is it really is um because you can go even back to the ancient greek philosophers like plato and aristotle and you see how close they get to a christian understanding of god but they were just missing that one key component right the logos um, and there's a lot of interesting questions about had you had Plato and Aristotle exist during a Christian era, what would their belief system would have looked like? I don't know. I think it's an interesting thought process, but Hey, I, uh, I like, I like that. I like the way you think Luca and I do appreciate your help. Anyway, Soul Assassin, General Wingster, Master of Gaming, Daniel Thorne, thank you very much for being here. Uh, huge shout-out, of course, to Tina and Steph for being here earlier as well. Hope you all are having fun. Also, a huge shout-out to uh, Laura, the Modern Major General, uh, for keeping an eye on the stream while they were gone and for taking care of at least one bot attack tonight. So, seriously, thank you so, thank you so very much. Um, Orange Hat, absolutely, man. Uh, wonderful stream. Say a prayer for the shooting in Buffalo. Absolutely will. Yeah, I, I've heard about it, and it's it's a sad state when anyone uh, ever falls into such a state of mind where they think so little of human life. So going to pray especially for the repose of the souls of the victims, for their families. And we don't say it enough, but to, to pray for the conversion of the one who did the action too. You know? Because... We obviously need to pray for the victims and we need to pray for those that have been impacted by it. But I think that it's, a, I think it's a very hard thing for us to, to do sometimes, but we also have to pray for the conversion and repentance of the person who did the tragedy. Because if there's anything and there's, again, it's so hard to see any good coming out of any tragedy, but if there's any good that can come out of it, maybe just maybe there could be remorse. Maybe there could be, uh, repentance, maybe there could be, a, a, you know, and that does not mean that forgiveness necessarily needs to be given by anyone who was impacted by by his choices. But again, I think that it is something that we need to think about at the very least. But yeah, praying for the families of the victims, especially, and for the repose of their souls as well. Anyway, uh, visit Womack. That's why I said if they did have a Christian understanding of Christ, I wonder what they would have, but they got very close. Vincent Womack. 
It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing how human, the point of that going back a little bit, because obviously thoughts and prayers uh, for sure. But just going back to that one point, the point I was making was that Plato and Aristotle, especially Aristotle, in their conceptions of the universe, in their conceptions of their being uh, first principles, objective reality, objective truths in the world, got as close as they could possibly get to a Christian understanding of God that the human mind possibly could. Now, they were not Christian, and I never said that they were. I just simply said that their philosophy gets you very close. That's why you have people like Thomas Aquinas picking up the works of Aristotle and showing like how much of Aristotle you can use to actually further understand Christianity. It's a pretty amazing thing, to be honest. If you've never read the Summa, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not Catholic, I think the Summa is a great work of just philosophical thought and exercise. Anyway, thank you all so very much for your love, for your attention this evening. It really does mean a lot. Smash that like button, laugh that fire button on Odyssey. Y'all are all great. Thank you again for your love and for your support. Um, as far as schedule is concerned, I don't know if I will have a Saturday stream next week because of being on the road at MegaCon. So if there's time to do it in in the house we're in, then I, I might do it. So stay posted on that. I don't know what Friday Night Tights is going to look like. Uh, I do plan on streaming Tuesday, though. So I will see you all on Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, summer's almost here. So look forward to that summer schedule. Thank you again, everyone, for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. Before going any further, I wanted to give a very, very huge special shout-out to one of my Valkyries, one of my longtime supporters, Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a supporter and for being a mod on this channel. And now for a huge special shout-out to all of my members who are at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. So first on Patreon, Brandon, let's go Brandon, Christopher Bowman, Garrett Searles, Hymir Iri Hymason, Jacob from Holland, Jacob Juice, who you can check out on his Letterboxd, Jacob Juice is how you can find it, Jeffrey Toon, Joey Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General, Story, Mad Mike Jackson, special shout out for him in a second, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Orange Hat Reviews, you can check out his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, you can check out her channel as well, Stan Andrian, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, and a special shout out, as I mentioned, to Jacob Juice from Holland, again, letterbox.com slash Jacob Juice for more information about him, and a special shout out to my members over on Subscribestar, Matt, 317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank y'all very much for supporting on Subscribestar. And to uh, two of the members who are supporting me over on Locals who asked for special shout outs. First off, Minnesota hockey fan. Let's go. Let's, let, let's get a hockey player. And UAB Mad Dog Mike Jackson for the win. Thank you very much for supporting me, and also Robert Barnes on Locals as well. Anyway, if you want a special shout-out, and Brett D90 for that matter, if you want a special shout-out at the end of every single video, please check out that top link at the very top of the video description. It'll give you more information about the different tiers and what you get every single month. Thank you guys for your love, for your patience for this month's shout-out video as well. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and as always, God bless.